You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Red Wings rant where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. We've got a nice little short episode here as uh, we continue our little break uh, from recording hockey. Of course, uh, we, we, Mike, we made it through the entire offseason. Still pretty much recording every week a new episode, but we couldn't make it even halfway through the regular season before needing a break. Here we are to talk. Uh, we'll talk. 2022 and some 2023 free agents. Now, Mike, I, I introduced this as a shorty of an episode. One, because it's 11 o'clock at night when we're recording this. Two, we're not looking to build a whole new team through free agency. And you and I have some pretty basic rules on how to handle free agency. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to speak for you only because I know we've talked about this in the past. If you want to put some asterisks on there when I'm done, feel free. But, Mike, pretty much we want to spend money on the best of the best in free agency. And we're not really here to, to – I, I don't want to talk about going in the middle of the pack and having to overspend. And we can have those conversations about some of those guys today. And will that be – will it end up being an overspend? Because uh, you don't want to just fill a hole with a guy who's in the middle and ends up being an overspend because he's a top free agent available. Like, do you just move on? It's part of the conversation today. Uh, or are they just so good, you could pay them for the one or two or three or four years that they might want, and it won't hurt as bad because they're going to produce. So um, I guess I guess with that, Mike, I, I don't know if you want to take it away on, on your own opinions uh, on, on what I just said. or um, Yeah, there's, uh, a, man, there's a consensus. Um, we don't need to be pragmatic. We don't need to find the guys on the peripheral, those guys on the edge, um, you know, to fill out a third and a fourth line. We have an abundance of third and fourth liners. So, Matt, the, the whole point of this exercise is to uh, get, get pet, you know, fill up that second line or, God forbid, get somebody so good they're on the first line and we find a way, not that I want to particularly, but my God, what if we found a way to move Bertuzzi or Larkin down to the second line? Woo! And with that, I've already assumed that Lucas Raymond will be our first line wing for many years to come. Absolutely. Um, uh, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, I liked your criteria here. Um, you had a couple questions uh, for some guys that we wanted to look at. Um, you know, are they going to be, looks like, you know, a good fit for us? Um you know, is the Iserman influence, is that, you know, how does that factor into this person potentially wanting to be, um, you know, a Detroit Red Wing? Um, have they already won a cup? Um, you know, and then are they prioritizing, um, like, the financial end of a free agency deal or, you know, trying to latch on to a, you know, contender team, um, you know, get that get that Lord Stanley, um, you know, in their, in their resume? And then what kind of loyalty um, these players uh, what can, what can we expect from them? So are they are they is this such a far fetched idea that you know are they gonna just want to stick with the team that's uh, you know that they're already used to? Which 
seems to kill a lot of NHL free agency because a lot of those guys just like signing, um, you know, mortgages with uh, mortgage deals with the teams that drafted them. Um, and then I, I guess using that money to start a, a home mortgage, um, you know, in the, in the area. Um, see, I like these questions a lot, Matt. Um, so I, I guess one dude I, I did kind of want to start with, and it's easily, you know, we've talked about it many times this season is the bigger priority defense or a center. And, you know, the Red Wings have had a few adventures uh, defensively this season. Um, but I do feel like, and I, I think you would agree, that we have more high-end defensive prospects waiting in the wings, um, you know, growing, than we do uh, upper echelon centers. So that's why I would probably prioritize getting a center in free agency because it doesn't, it doesn't quite seem like we have that, you know, top six guy. Um, but at least they haven't, they haven't, you know, shown the numbers yet. We don't have that top six guy in the minors. So Matt, uh, I liked your, I liked a couple of guys you put together, but I think Tomas, Tomas, uh, hurdle here. Um, uh, we'd be, we'd be pillaging from the sharks, other uh, centermen. Uh, he'd be, uh, 28 here coming into free agency. And, um, answered his one of his questions incorrectly now that i'm looking at it yeah he has not won a cup <laughs> no cups for him no i didn't even i didn't put yes or no i put cup <laughs> like i i copy and pasted the first half of so basically what mike and i are looking at is uh it's a table inside of a word document and uh it's uh, we have all these questions that mike just went over and they're yes or no questions and for for hurdle i i wrote cup as uh, for the answer for yes or no <laughs> so i guess that could be interpreted that he he has one but clearly he doesn't uh so we'll fix that up to to be in a no um but yeah mike i i know why you're picking him first because when you go through this list we are talking about like the best of the best uh when i when i started putting this list together so you're right to start the conversation here uh because it, you're you're still talking about a guy that's uh you could make the argument maybe right at his prime at the time of free agency or like just barely far enough over it. It won't make too big a difference. And when you end up doing the overpay in free agency, you just have to hope that the term isn't so long that you're going to go five or six years into his post prime career. So hurdle 28 center. Um, I mean, it probably would have been a good idea as I, ramble through all this stuff. Um, I'm going to have something to kind of measure these guys. Uh, so why not bring up the old Jay Fresh? And uh, it's at least fair to say we do this all the time. So it, it's not something where we aren't always trying to measure guys with these uh, analytical numbers. And, and Jay Fresh has hurdle at a 95%, Mike, of all centers. Uh, for anybody on the... <laughs> Like talk about a guy with first line center uh, who's first line center material for his time on ice. Uh, but yeah, the, basically saying that he's in the top 95% by Jay Fresh's measurement uh, means that there's only another 5% of hockey players in hurdle situation that play better. So that's, uh, that's not bad, Mike. That's, uh, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if you're going to throw a bag, uh, throw a bag at somebody, um, I think this is probably the best start uh, based on, some of the other centers that are going to be available uh, this coming off season. Um, and a couple of other ones obviously are, you know, we'll, we'll probably give them a passing mention in this episode, but 
they're up in age where with hurdle, if you throw a bag at them, um, you're still going to get some prime years out of them because of where he's at two or three. And that, and that's, that's something too, that I think people need to come to terms with. This team's going to compete like a solid compete level for a few years. You're going to have an ugly contract three years after that. Somebody's going to be overpaid for a while, but you just got to eat up those three years where it does feel really good. Um, but I think, yeah, hurdle, you'll, you'll get two to three great years and then it'll slowly come down. And if you're really lucky, it never happens and you nailed it. And I think hurdle is one of those candidates where he plays the type of game where you're not really worried. You know, it's not, it's, it's not to the point where if Connor, Connor McDavid ever gets hurt and you have to worry about what he's going to look like without that speed. Clearly he has stick handling skills, but you know, what happens when you subtract one of those things from his game? I, th- I think Hurdle has a well-rounded game where you can you could still find success for Hurdle for for quite a while. So, I, I, I Mike, you nailed it by making this the first uh, point of conversation. Um, I don't know. I, I the other names we could throw out here, and and basically, I came up with reasons as to why it's not going to happen. So, we'll go back to the top of this list here, Mike. Uh, we'll start with Patrice Bergeron, and uh, the reason it's to me not going to happen is that uh, when when we ad- we ask all these questions, short term, good fit, Eisman influence has a cup, cup or money, is he uh, loyal? Loyalty seems to be the big I- issue with Patrice Bergeron. I don't. I, he's got his cups. Um, his cup. I I think there obviously there would be a fun fit there. Uh, and when you talk about guys past this, past their prime, I mean, you're talking about a 36 year old center, but, uh, I, I think, yeah, the, the main issue here is going to be if he's, if he knows he's going to get money from someone, he's probably going to take it from Boston. Who's still competing at a very high level right now. I, I don't, I don't see any reason for him to move. Um, and then as you continue down the list here, Mike, that I created, I put Johnny Goudreau on there, Johnny hockey. Why not? Let's have some fun on the left wing. Is there a good fit? Mike, there's a good fit for anybody on this team. You could fit (laughs) for these elites of elites. Yes, the Red Wings will take more elite wingers, centers, defensemen all day long. Um, I think he could be influenced by the Iser plan. But I think it's the cup that gets in the way here. And especially with how well Calgary's playing right now. I think uh, this loyalty answer might get changed. But I know they've been trying to move Johnny for quite a while. So I, I'm not going to put that as a yes. I'll keep loyalty as a no. But I think because Johnny is going to be looking for a cup now, and he's at 28, which again is at that point statistically where you're supposed to drop off, um, I would say he's going to get it sooner rather than later. And he, that doesn't the Red Wings don't cross that box yet. Uh, and then we'll go through this one real quick, uh, Mike. But Evgeny Malkin has the cups. I, I think if anybody... If anybody's going to make a pit stop, go ahead. Yeah. That one, I, I, I get, I know, I know exactly where you're going to go with that. Uh, it seems like the likelihood of him coming here is pretty low, but if he's going to abandon ship, I don't know if this is a guy who's, you know, want to going to, going to want to go play in Carolina or Florida. I, I feel like he'd still want to be in the Midwest. Um, and I, I feel like he would want something maybe, you know, a little more short term. And maybe that's where that Iser plan comes in. Um, Cause I got to think that Iserman's name is, you know, starting to circulate in locker rooms. Like, damn, this guy's, you know, he knows how to take care of people. Um, so, I mean, if, 
if Iserman was going to overpay for Malkin to only play like a year or two in Detroit, just while we wait for some more prospects to kind of pan out. Um, I, I don't think this one's as far fetched as you might think. I think it's actually a likelier signing than like Bergeron, for example, Bergeron. I would, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet anything. I, I, the lowest value thing in my room is probably a, a library book that I bought for a nickel that the library was given away for free. I, I don't even, I just, the money was for the library to support them. And then I got some paper. It's going to be kindling for a book. I'm never going to read. That's, that's what I would wager. Bergeron never leaving, but Malkin, I could see it. And I, I don't think Detroit would be a top choice, but I do think that the Iser plan could be seductive for a guy like this, especially if it's a short term, you know, one to two year deal and a big bag of money. Yeah, and then, and there's probably a uh, I, I put him as a not influenced by the Iser plan because I think there's a good but to say that Malkin would go to Russia and, and finish it's, out his career. Yeah, and it's not to say that I, I don't think that he cares about winning, but this is a guy who, you know, he's starting to get older. He's starting to get boo-boos, um, the boo-boos that are keeping him out for a while. But, I mean, the Red Wings have money to spend, and they're like, hey, you could, you know, kind of help teach a thing or two to some of our younger guys, and we're going to pay a lot of money to, you know, be an on-ice, you know, coach and who could still get a point, more than a point per game. Uh, we, we'd be happy to have you for a year or two and give this a shot. So I, I don't I don't think this one's as far-fetched as some might think. Yeah, and he's still, like we, we pulled up the Fresh stats here, he's still uh, 80, 87% war, according to uh, to Fresh. So that puts him, again, in the top 87% in the league. So there's only another 13% of guys uh, better than Malkin, statistically. And I, I just, you know, when you're, you're looking at how this team's built already and you put Malkin in between... Um, uh, Zadina and Verana possibly for next season. I mean, come on. What more, what more Man, do you have talk, to say? You talk about unlocking Zadina. He's going to be getting just yeah. points by default. I mean, at that point, Malkin. right. Yeah. At that point, then we go, okay, so it was Zadina. <laughs> you know, fool us um, once, shame on you. Fool us with Evgeny Malkin, you know, shame on you again. That That's on you, Zadina. <laughs> Mike, can you believe it? DraftKings is recognizing our favorite sport. We do a podcast about hockey, and we are finally able to discuss the fact that they're an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Um, let's let's go, right? <laughs> That's what I'm ready to say. Matt, I've had enough talking about the other sports. Stop for a big boy sport. The <laughs> NHL. That's National Hockey League. That season is underway. DraftKings Sportsbook and unofficial. Sports betting partner of the National Hockey League has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice, nay, the greatest sport on earth. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one time clapper. Oh, gotta be a, or a slapper, maybe, or a deft uh, deflection. However, they light the lamp, you win. If sports what if it's some nasty sauce? All right, go What on. if it's an empty netter? Still counts on the stat sheet, my man. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free 
bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. But yeah, I think the next couple guys here I'm, I'm not as excited about because they, no. maybe, maybe, they do maybe play defense. Would. And I, I know that we could use some help on the blue line. But, uh, Matt, what were some of the names that are coming up this offseason? Uh, yeah, we've got, uh, and actually I just pulled up the wrong page. Uh, you've got John Klingberg, uh, who's 29. Oh, I didn't put the ages down for everybody else, but Hampus Lindholm, uh, Braden McNabb and Kelvin DeHaan. And pretty much what I built here are just your top left side defensemen, uh, that have some star status, some, you know, some elite status has been tied to their name at some point. And really, I mean, there's an argument to be made that uh, Klingberg would, you know, be that good fit where you're you're trying to still find something for that left side to uh, to play with Cider. Uh, but then as you you come down the list, um, you got to figure Simon Edmondson is either next year, or the season after that. Uh, so he's going to be filling out a second pairing, and you don't want like you, you still don't want an Edvinson cider line. You you still want to split those guys up. So there's probably another conversation for right side defenseman, but I'm still giving the nod to Heronic in that regard. So that's where I focused uh, most of this conversation. Um, probably the, the number one guy on the list that I would actually, you know, I, I would be fine targeting and I'll, I'll bring up. Uh, yeah. 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 If I, if I, uh, Oh my God. Woo. Jay Fresh's uh, thing just blew up on me. But, yeah, I do want to bring up uh, Hampus here for us uh, so everybody can at least get a general idea. Because, um, Lindholm, you talk about, you know, like uh, if you watch WWE wrestling, like Vince McMahon has a type. He likes guys that are about six foot four, uh, you know, about 245 pounds. So kind of think Randy Orton, kind of think John Cena. And Iserman, much like Vince McMahon, also has a type uh, defensively. <laughs> And Lindholm definitely fits fits that profile. Six foot four guy, uh, you know, about two thirty. Um, you know, skilled, uh, going to be able to you know set up plays on the blue line, score. Um, and yeah, there you go, Jay Fresh, eighty seven percent, eighty seventh percentile for WAR. Uh, yeah, and this is this is a guy who has uh, from the e- even uh, from the five on five perspective. Uh, he's doing well offensively and defensively. If you guys want to take a peek at that, it is really the only thing that that seems to be, I don't know, I guess in the negative here is kind of the production side of things uh, for him, even though he's getting good uh, offensive like analytics to back up his play. Um, and I, I just don't care. I uh, I mean, Hampus Lindholm is, is, is a top target for me. He's a top uh Left side defenseman that that really would just like this puts us at a whole nother level. Um, and this is somebody that I'd be totally fine overpaying for. And I, I think it gives you one of the best top pairings in the league if Moritz Sider continues to play how he played in the first 20 games of this season. So the only problem is the Ducks know that, and they're not gonna they're not gonna let him uh sneak away. And um I that that's probably the biggest problem right now is uh, the Ducks are having some success. 
And that, that's got to be exciting to at least watch that he's been a part of that build. And why, why would you want to run away from that right now? Unless you just thought like somebody else is going to have the money to pay me. Cause the ducks are, are stuck with a cam Fowler contract that runs until 2025. Uh, I'm sorry, 2026. Um, so there's still plenty of room for them to sign uh, Lindholm. They, they're one of the lowest uh, salaries in the league. So it shouldn't really be a problem. I, I think at this point, it's just Lindholm and his decision. So if the ducks want to keep him, he'll be there. Um, and if he doesn't want to be there, that's where you cross your fingers and hope we're the kind of team he's looking for. But why would he jump ship for a team he's helped build for another team that is just, oh, okay, I'll get to play with Mo Sider. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's the selling point, but I still think there's enough going on in the Ducks that he could still be excited. <laughs> so it's almost like he's he's too good. So certainly I'd love to sign him. But yeah. why would he, how could we have that opportunity? Um, and then I think we get into the conversation of where these guys are a little middling and we are going to end up overpaying for somebody that. Uh, that's where I'm looking at McNabb. That's where you're at? Yeah, that, that for me would, that would be an overpay because I think that he would be looking for a raise in free agency and he's. Right, ready for this one? Oh, God, what's his, uh, what's his war, man? 95 57 okay yeah this is this is where the lines of the five on five play is absolutely there he's he's in the top half of the league and that's the that's from the perspective of puck control getting chances on net but production is really killing this guy and uh it's just special teams doesn't do him any favors either so it's just what he's what he's asked to do from a production standpoint uh, what you want to see on the box score uh, compared to the analytics is what's killing McNabb. And um, yeah, this, this would end up being one of those things. I think uh, the name at, at even at age 30 is probably going to get him a little more, a few more bucks than he probably deserves. But uh, yeah, not, not for me. Um, and, and I, I'm kind of, probably last on that list uh, is McNabb. And then if you want to take a little bit of a step up is Calvin DeHaan. Um, I'm going to pull him up now so we can all take a peek at uh, where he's sitting, but it, it's just another one of those. I, I think I feel like make- our prospects are better than the free agents that are out there. Like the, like the ceiling for our prospects is better than what's out there. If you want to make the case for Lindholm, go ahead and do it. But. I, I'm, I, I'll still say like to Han, a bag of, like 80- a bag of money and what the free agent defensemen are. I would take our prospects. Wait, so this this gives you a better idea of Dehan's play. At least he's he's got an eighty three percent WAR. Uh, the price is going to be much higher than McNabb and probably lower than Lindholm. But I th- I think I think to get the most good hockey out of any of those guys that were on this list of uh, defensemen that will be available uh, in the upcoming uh, offseason, you you have to focus on Lindholm, and Calvin DeHaan is definitely on that list where things are going to drop off fast. Uh, So, sure, somebody will pay him. They'll probably pay him close to the 4.6 he's collecting right now, maybe even a little bit higher than that because it's the free agent market, and uh, maybe you'll get one or two seasons out of him, and then it'll... Yeah, so his deep, uh, his deep cut stuff. Yeah, his deep cut stuff. Um, definitely very attractive. You know, he's not really recognized for any kind of a, 
you know, awards or anything like that. So you, you would be getting kind of a deep cut guy. I just, again, our, our goal here was to find a top six forward or top pairing defenseman and Dehan. I, I, yeah, I don't it, know. I, I don't, I still don't think that this is worth dropping our, our bag of money. That's it's not worth it. I'm not, I'm out. <laughs> like uh shark tank. I've never watched that program, but oh. I assume if they say I'm out, uh, I am a Shark Tank. Yes. You are a Shark Tank. Okay, so RFA targets. Mike, I, I will say there's some guys that are exciting, uh, at least from like a filling out a roster standpoint. Nobody, in my opinion, is at EP40 level. I think you could have fun with Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think you could have fun with Jesse Pugliarvi. I think uh, Matthew Kachuk is another one, and uh, Andrew Mangipiani, who's having a great start to this season. All fun. But when we talked last year about overpaying to make sure we got Pedersen and you're giving up four first-round picks, (laughs) um, you don't have to do that with these guys because the contract I don't think is going to be that high. But you are giving up some draft picks, and a lot, I, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't say there's a guy on here that I want to have that same game and have, you know, play that same game for an entire off season. Uh, like we did, like we did last year. Um, and, and the problem is, you know, when you start talking about these guys, do you have the same line of, of analytics to go over? I mean, we can't, we can still dissect like the last three years. And that's where I, I kind of took a peek at um you know Matthew Kachuk is going to be in the top uh I I what do I want to say here uh the top 80% of the league in regards to analytics um and then um at least for this 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 season so far when you come back to uh Meiji Pane He's also in that conversation right now, uh, but Calgary is just playing out of their mind right now. So it's, it's always tough to measure so far for just this season, but I, I'd make a play. I'd have a conversation. I, I was going to say, I'd have a conversation about Pierre-Luc Dubois. I'd have a conversation about Matthew Kachuk. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, does, do you want to have a conversation about Patrick Line? Do I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I do at this point. Can you pull up the the J Fresh for uh, Pavel uh, Zaka? Whoops. Yep. Still head up. Calvin DeHaan. I'm really focused on Calvin DeHaan right now. Okay. For a guy I don't want. Um, yeah. Let me see if he's got something here. Yeah. Just Pavel Zaka on uh, the Devils. So. Not great, Bob. Forty nine percent WAR. <laughs> So, uh, thank you for the uh, office space re- uh, reference there. But the reason I brought him up is the Devils, it feels like they have dozens of these guys who are like just under 25, 26 um, on the cusp of maybe they'll pan out, maybe they won't. Um, and Pavel's, like his his numbers shouldn't be too bananas because his, his statistics aren't blowing you out of the water, but you know, you can kind of see the deep cut stuff. What was it? 49? Was mm-hmm. it 49%. Um, so, I mean, Matt, if, if you're looking at him and we, we know the tiers for signing a restricted free agent, 
um, that cutoff limit for, you know, going above a second round pick, like uh, Pavel is absolutely not worth a first and whatever else at, at best, probably a third or a second round pick. Right. Yep. So would you be willing to throw a bag, let's say about 4 million, 4 million between two and a half, between like uh, 2.1 and 4.1 million. That size bag and a second round pick at the hopes that this guy pans out. That it just wasn't working out in New Jersey, but it'll start to work out in Detroit. Uh, I don't know. I think we we'll go back to the conversation about our prospects, um, which should be our, our the episode that just came out before this. And you see, like, uh, Soderblom. Like, I recorded the Soderblom stuff before his last game where he was an absolute monster for uh, for Lunda. Uh, putting in a couple of goals, looking like Pavel Datsuk while he did it, and the whole time he's six foot eight. But then you've got the Niederbox, Liam Dower Nilsson. There's there's some potential there, and I don't think you need to. I don't think you need to throw anything away to bring in a guy who's not really showing too much so far, uh, unless you really have a ton of confidence that you can make it work. Where we talk about the difference between him and like the, the previously mentioned Matthew Kachuk. You got a 91% war for a 23-year-old kid. I just see the difference here of trying to make a fit when we were bringing in EP40 and getting pretty much your first-line center, and it would have been for years to come, uh, for us picking up some more wingers. And I I might be wrong. Maybe he's a -a once-in-a-lifetime winger. I just feel like there are more opportunities to pick up some some wingers than uh, there would be for you to lock in your first line setter and maybe you know maybe we look like a couple of boobs with uh, ep40 start but i think a lot of that has to do with how bad vancouver is as a whole but um i mean you make the same conversation about this amazing start for uh, for calgary too so i i'm not saying i hate matthew kachuk i'm saying i don't want to give up what you need to give up to get a matthew kachuk because that's it's a lot of first round picks, but it feels like less first round picks when you're getting your first line center, which is incredibly difficult to lock in. Yeah, I mean, is that fair? Making now seven, seven and a half. Yeah, he's at uh, at least Jay Fresh has him listed at uh, at seven. So there's your starting point. Yeah, just right? that so tier. Just agent, that tier. He'd your... be a first, second, third. So if he wants a bump up, you know, up like a million dollars. Um, that's when you're doing two firsts, second, and a third. And I, I, I'm not yet, in. Not a, if it's a non-center, I'm not in. But he'll get he'll get more than that. I I wonder if uh, do we have the patience to bring up the the contract projections here? Um, just tell me no. <laughs> I will look All at right. a Matthew Kachuk contract projection. Hit yes. Me. All right. Yes. Got him. How do you spell Matthew? You Get don't it? have your name. You don't have your name tag on, Matt. <laughs> oh no! All right. So, Mike, here's the problem: evolving yeah. hockey isn't going to have this out until they get until they get through the whole season. <laughs> so oh, it's bitch. it's not here. You can't do it yet. All right. Sorry. Uh, quick shout out to evolving hockey and uh, screwing me over on that one. Uh, but I, I would guess. 
then he's going to be in the first round, the four first round range when it's all said and done. Like think about uh, where EP40, where he was getting paid and where he ended up getting paid. And then Kachuk is already getting paid $7 million, and he's going to be going up from there. So I, 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 that's my guess, is that that number's going up. Uh, Mike, we've been talking a half hour here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we can run through 2023. But just to recap 2022, we pretty much want to target Hurdle. We think that Malkin is probably, like, would be a fun second-line center when you... It's not as fun when you're just like, let's pick up Malkin. But when you're like, hey, Verana, Malkin, Zadina. Like, Woo! that's fun to say. Yeah, that feels uh, good. And then, uh, yeah, and then we want to go for Hampus Lindholm. Um, and then RFAs. I think I kind of talked myself into saying that Matthew Kachuk is my favorite guy on the list, but I still don't want to do it because it's not like we're locking in a for sure first line center with it. Yeah. And I not only threw uh, uh, Pavel out there because I arguably having the better, you know, marginally better season as a center, as an upcoming restricted free agent. And if you could get his cap hit below 4.1 mil, you'd only be throwing a bag and a second round pick. So then you're kind of crossing your fingers that he pans out and he's only 25. Well, we do have uh, the 2023 at least typed up. So we'll do this as quickly as possible. Uh, <laughs> Mike, I, <laughs> I put your buddy on here um, for the uh, 2023. I just want to tell you before we say anything, I'm a no, but did you want to, did you want to give your opinion? um let's see you know man. who it is so you have it pulled up i uh i he he was born in a good birth year i believe was he a 1987 baby oh he's an 88 baby just like you man Aww. we're talking of course about the man the myth the legend patrick <laughs> kane um who uh I... he's still off to a pretty good start this year uh you know still yeah. doing a point a game um so i guess if you if this you is... don't like points uh you don't sign him and uh, Matt, not a fan of pucks going in the nets. Nope. Also, not a fan of any Chicago Blackhawk in that era that uh, apparently just yeah, it's kind of I can't blinder. really I can't really defend that. Yeah. Um, but but uh, I, run a, oh, go ahead. No, I, I got nothing on that. I was just gonna say he he's got points. That's about the only defense. Uh, as a person, I don't think he fits the Iser plan at all. Uh, now, running down the list, uh, there's a couple of centers I had my eye on that I thought would just be kind of fun and kind of, well, one of them more in like the, the Malkin conversation. Are you talking about Bobo? Well, no, I was going to say one more in the Malkin conversation and one more in the Hurdle conversation. And that's where I'd okay. go Bo. Bo's the Hurdle. Uh, and then Ryan O'Reilly would be more in that Malkin conversation. Um, I got to tell you, if I was, to be completely honest, if I was looking for more fun, I like Ryan O'Reilly, but I would, uh, if I had to pick between the two, I'd rather have Malkin. Uh, but yeah, Bo, Bo Horvat, um, locking him in. I think, I think that's, that's doable, especially if Vancouver is about to decide whether or not they're going to go through another rebuild. I think Vancouver's going to drop Bo Horvat. And um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it would be easy for me to look at it and say, let's, uh, let's not give this a shot. Now we pull him up here, Mike, you could make the argument you're going to be overpaying for him because right now out of all the players we've, we've talked about, he's one of the lowest war percentages from J fresh. He's at 69%. Uh, 
But Mike, oh. isn't 69 a really nice number to start That's with? That's a good number. Bo, I like it. <laughs> um, can you do one thing before we brush away from the, the J-Fresh uh, yeah. figure? Is that saying that he's in the bottom 10% percentile for power play contributions? It certainly is. Oh. So he's going to fit in when we go back to does he fit in with the Red Wing? No. <laughs> We're talking about guys we're throwing a bag at, and the Red Wings need power play. Like, we need special teams players. I, I don't think that Bo is quite uh, quite wet in that Iserman noodle um, as far as <laughs> as far as far uh, a guy who's going to, you know, jump right in and do that because he hasn't done it yet. And I feel like he's played with some pretty good line mates, and he still hasn't quite done it, so... It would. It smells like it would be an overpay, but Matt, why would Ryan O'Reilly come here? Hit me. He's got a cup. Um, he likes money. I feel like, like right now, Ryan O'Reilly fits what what our character was, right? Like what uh, what the personality of the Red Wings was those first couple of weeks. I think he would he would fit in perfectly with that. Uh, but you can see, like, the numbers do take a little bit of a dip if you're looking at his three-year span from uh, an offensive standpoint. So, you know, it, it, um, it probably is exactly what we talk about when we say the statistical drop-off is, is on its way. So if you're talking to Ryan, you've got to start the conversation with what's with all these numbers dropping exactly how every NHL player's statistics drop at this time. You really want me to overspend? for you to put in 16 goals this year? No. So this this is where I, I, I would really get into the numbers, really go nitty-gritty with uh, Ryan O'Reilly. And if he wants too much, he wants too much term, too much money, absolutely not. Uh, but I, I do think there's an opportunity here to fit in a nice two-way forward. Um, before you throw up the white flag, Matt, yeah. may I remind you, uh, this is also a guy who gets a lot of Selkie votes and Lady Bing votes. And as a couple of Ooh, uh, diehard Pavel Datsuk marks, this guy's right up our alley, man. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. I, I'll let it, I'll let it go. <laughs> like I said, I, I want him, but you know, it does look like the stats are, are actually dropping off right according to plan. Um, all right, so then the last guy on here. Oh, actually, no, I, I switched over to RFAs already on this list. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev and uh, Flitip. I was so nervous to say this name because we were practicing practicing it before we started recording, but uh, Philip Heedle, uh, who I did pick up in the NHL game, which is probably where this was motivated from. Uh, so I made him work as my third line center. So I'm playing the exact game I said we shouldn't play. Uh, but I, I got him for a reasonable number, and I only gave up one draft pick. Uh, so that that's where I kind of fell in love. But then, Mike, the uh, number one on this list, who absolutely will not be made available by the Colorado Avalanche, but Bowen Byram, who <laughs> we we just brought up a couple Woo! episodes ago, who's who's kicking butt with Kale McCarr. So, of course, I would want to target Bowen Byram. Uh, do I think we'll have a chance at him? No, not even not even a little bit. Man, if you loved uh, Kale's coattails, you're gonna love Mo Sider's coattails. Come on down. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just one of those things that. Uh, what's so funny? I think a year ago we were making the argument that we wouldn't trade Anthony Mantha for Bowen Byram straight up, but 
I don't know. They're seeing Byram so far. Might might consider it. Just there were well, so many unknowns involved with that, and I don't really hate how everything turned out with Verana and Kosa and Edvinson so far. And I don't know why am I having that? That nobody cares. That's not the conversation know, we're having. All right, uh, this is a debate you're having with yourself. So yeah. I guess uh, if we're gonna bottom line this um, for 2022, 2023, again, I uh, free agency is a, it's a it's a tough game. Um, but I gotta say, Matt. Uh, Tomash Hurdle. That's our boy from the Sharks. I think that's the one I would definitely circle out of the two years. All right. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna say You're going with your boy I, from the Ducks? Yeah, I think Lindholm is number one on my list. Um, but I, I think if I had to pick one that was more likely to happen, I'd I'd go with the Hurdle Turtle. I would like Hurdle the Turtle, but if we end up getting uh let me get his damn if we got Lindholm do you think they would make Malkin want to play here that is that's another whole that's a whole nother conversation right like you you pick up one of those big free agents everything starts to come together and then you're also talking about like Edmondson coming over and uh did another year for Bergeron is he ready to step in next year and is that your second or third line ready to go um Oh wait, that doesn't make sense. Then what are you picking up? Anyway, um, yeah, that, I mean that's that's a great point, point. and I think it would come back to how much money you have left for Malkin and how many years he wants. Is he looking for way too much? Um, and he's just going to retire on you? Absolutely not. But if he's looking to be reasonable, um, I mean that's how nobody wants to hear this, Mike. But that's how I play the video game. I give these guys astronomical one-year deals that they would never get paid in the NHL, but they signed with me, and then I got my prospects coming up the next year. So I go, I, I have these seasons, Mike, where I go like right up to the cap line, and then the next year all the prospects come up, so I have like thirty million in cap space by the time the season starts. But it's because you got to plan these things out. So Malkin, short term, absolutely. Yeah, you're just like ice on that one. Yeah, I I want to tell him. He won't listen. He won't take my calls. Uh, Clearly, if you listen to this episode, you're probably asking why he doesn't take our calls. But everybody, thank you for tuning in. Um, I I I had fun with this. Um, Keep an eye out for that hurdle, boys. Exactly. And again, uh, I don't know why I just turned into Adam Cole, but it's story time with Hurdle the Turtle. I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah, LFG. Trying to not swear too much. I think we still swear a little bit. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. And uh, as we've mentioned a bunch of times, we'll be back uh, soon. I don't, I don't know what the date would be, so I'm gonna. We'll, end this. we'll be back. We'll be someday. We'll be back December eighth. That'll be December eighth. We'll be back. All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a good one.